Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. As always, as we get into free agency and the rest of the NFL offseason, you can send in your questions to 716-508-0405. That's our voicemail line. 24 hours a day, you can leave your voicemail at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at RumlingsQ&A. That's with the words spelled out in the middle. Uh, emails to BuffaloRumlings at SBNation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages will get to us as well over on the Buffalo Rumblings official account pages there. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Uh, the biggest domino of the offseason has fallen so far, and that is J.J. Watt has agreed to a contract with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, two years $31 million, uh, $23 million guaranteed, according to reports. Um, you know, that would line up with a lot of estimates. It's a little bit higher than what I thought he was going to end up getting paid. Uh, $15.5 million per season is a lot of money. Uh, but with the way that it's structured, uh, $23 million guaranteed, um, and who knows if that's fully guaranteed or has an injury guarantee in there, but it, it just means that he signed for like a nice little $10 million signing bonus and uh, $10 million in salary per season or somewhere like that. It's not super crazy, but, I mean, it's it's higher than I would pay for a guy like J.J. Watt who is uh, declining in his career and probably going to end up playing defensive tackle as much as he plays defensive end. Uh, but there were a lot of comments coming from you know the Bills Mafia and fans across the NFL who were questioning. Um the Cardinals won nine games in 2020. Uh, they couldn't beat out the Chicago Bears for the final playoff spot, even in an expanded field of seven teams. So why would J.J. Watt go out there when he said his main goal was winning a ring, all that other stuff? And we're going to get to some of those comments uh, right now. So over on Instagram, I posted uh, the all call for questions. And the first thing that came in was, it's okay. Um, this is from uh, T. Tranello. Uh, against vet with injury issues and big money. Uh, he wanted money all along. The cards aren't that good in a tough division. Yeah, that's all true. Um, he did want money all along. I thought it was interesting last week when uh, his agent, presumably, was the one that floated that uh, his best offer was at between 15 and $16 million per season. It was clearly a nudge by his representation to get a better offer or a better team to match that offer. 
and who knows maybe they did maybe that offer was from the jaguars and he got the cardinals to come up to 15 and a half million and he was able to sign with the cardinals because he thought they were close enough i don't know but it was uh, a nice little move by his agent to release that information uh ebs 8002 said glad we didn't pay that money for watt he got paid for his name he's gone now the last couple of years and is often hurt. I'd rather us get another younger edge or two cheaper ones or just draft and get what you can. Um, he said he meant that he's gone down in productivity. That's true. His, his raw numbers have gone down, but he still would have been the probably the second best pass rusher on the Bills in 2020 behind Jerry Hughes, who was double teamed all the time. And of course, if Watt was on the team, Watt would see some of those double teams allowing Hughes to get into the backfield on some one-on-ones a little bit more. So while I'm glad that the Bills did not pay $23 million in guaranteed money for J.J. Watt, um, I still think they could use a pass rusher like J.J. Watt or a pass rusher in general. Um, and a guy like Watt that could have come in and played you know, two-thirds of the snaps gone between defensive end and defensive tackle and really caused some havoc but also take the pressure off Jerry Hughes and the rest of the defensive line I think would have been a nice it would have been nice um he would have been a guy that would have come in and really upped the level of the defensive line shown guys like Ed Oliver how to work not that Jerry Hughes or some of those other guys don't but you know everyone was talking about how Stefan Diggs made an impact on the field but to hear Lee Smith or Dawson Knox or other guys talk about the impact that Stefan Diggs made on the practice field and in the locker room, I think you can understand it. Like you, It's just a guy that raises the level of everyone around him, and I think J.J. Watt does that. He makes other guys work harder. He makes other guys more accountable. And uh, it would have been nice to place him on the other end of the defensive line um, opposite of Jerry Hughes. But with that being said, there are a bunch of different options out there with uh, for very talented pass rushers that the Bills can bring in and and put into that position uh, that are going to come cheaper than that, or maybe even not, like a Von Miller might get just as much money. Um, but there's other options that are out there that I'm sure Brandon Bean was considering in addition to J.J. Watt, and, and he stuck to his guns. And I, Brandon Bean was probably really interested in J.J. Watt and really wanted him but also knew what his salary cap situation was looking like and you know put a number on it and jj watt chose to go somewhere else so uh, again i i don't fault him i'm certainly not going to bash jj watt like some bills fans are it was uh, a very quick turnaround for a lot of bills fans to go from oh my gosh jj watt coming here would be awesome to oh he's a bum and old and overpaid and all that stuff but i mean it was really predictable but it's okay. I mean, we're fans. We like our team, and somebody said no to our team, so some folks' feelings are going to be hurt. That's okay. That's okay. I don't blame you guys. But uh, let's let's get on to some more questions. Joe Pilateri sent an email to us at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com and said the Bills didn't utilize the running game a lot last year. Was that by virtue of the abilities of our passing game? the struggles in run blocking or our running personnel. Well, Brandon Bean was kind of asked about this at the end of the season at his press conference, and he seemed to believe that it wasn't Devin Singletary and Zach Moss that were at fault and didn't kind of go into it at all. Um, so, let's, I mean, this is a multi-step question. Let's address it in a bunch of different ways. 
um, they didn't utilize the running game a lot. Was that because of the virtue of the passing game? So, yes, I mean, this is a passing league. It's easier to score. It's easier to move the ball passing the ball. And when Josh Allen was dealing, there's no real reason for them to run the ball. And there were games where I think he there was one designed running play the entire first half. And, and I don't have a problem with that if the Bills are being successful with that. Um, being able to keep the defense on their heels is important, but you can do that with just passes, different types of passes, um, and even utilize play action if you're not running the ball. So I don't have a problem with them you know, overemphasizing the pass, and I think that's where the league is going. Um, so yes, part of, like, if you're just looking at raw numbers, like yards and carries, um, even snap count data, they were using a lot, they were relying a lot less on the run last year. Um, but if you're talking about, like, per play basis, like yards per rushing attempt, um, I tend to believe it was more of the offensive line problems than it was uh, the running backs you know the so so the bills have spent two third round picks on running backs over the last two years that's a significant investment in that position where you can get a guy that's undrafted like antonio williams or you can get a guy in the later rounds that can be successful for you so they've invested a lot in that running back position and i think singletary and moss uh, have proven to be capable in that offense so the offensive line especially the interior of the offensive line was all over the place in 2020 you had you know ike bucker stepping in for john feliciano who was stepping in for uh brian winters or you know quentin spain started the year or you know so all of that stuff is just to say they had a real problem with those guard positions throughout the year and even mitch morris at center um you know being out for a couple games because of his concussion was problematic in there when you go back and you can see this in our all 22 analysis breakdowns we did on when we analyzed the guard play specifically Um, and we'll hit Mitch Morris later this week if you want to stay tuned for that but when you look at all of those I think and this is just my personal opinion that the biggest problem is that Buffalo doesn't have a run game coordinator now those seem to be like made up positions on teams but You know, teams that have a run game coordinator typically run the ball better. And there were times where you can see that the blocking was doing one thing, the running back was doing another thing, and the play call may have been even doing a third thing. And so getting everybody on the same page is like the whole point of having a run game coordinator. It's to make sure your blocking is working with, you know, what your running back wants to do is working with the play call. And there were times when like the Bills were blocking down expecting a cutback and the running back just kept going um, without cutting back. And was that a vision problem or was it a play design problem? And several times it looked like it was a play design problem. So like I said, I encourage you to go back and look at the, the running game analysis we did for the interior offensive line players. So that's Brian Winters, Ike Bucker, John Feliciano. Um, Stay tuned for the one on Mitch Morris later this week. But also, uh, we just had one post uh, this week as well about the the running game against the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So those are all per-play basis stats, right? They, I think they averaged like three and a half yards per carry against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, at least on designed runs to running backs. That's not going to get the job done. That's not good. So even if you look at that and you say, okay, well, they had 
you know, 100 rushing yards or whatever. You have to break it down to Josh Allen scrambles and running backs. You have to break it down to designed runs and, like I said before, scrambles. Um, and, and I think that the running back runs in particular just weren't blocked very well. And so when folks say they want to draft a, a first-round running back at number 30, it just it boggles my mind because, A, I don't think that was the problem with the Buffalo Bills run game, but also you've already spent so much of your draft capital over the last two years on running backs, and now you're going to add another one. And how many times are those three guys going to be on the field at the same time? So you're already limiting the number of snaps that your first-round running back or your third-round running back uh, has, and I think that's just a waste of draft capital and resources. So I, I just do not see them going running back at 30 overall. Um, I, that doesn't mean they won't take one in the fifth or sixth round, but that's a lot different conversation with draft capital. So I know you asked three questions in a row, but that's why I spent so long going over this. Why didn't the Bills utilize the run game a lot last year? Was it the abilities of the passing game? Yes. The struggles in run blocking, yes, or our run personnel? I don't think so. So those are the really simplified answers to your questions. Given our success passing, should we make a concerted effort to improve the run game, Joe continues, or is it one of those things where it would be nice but shouldn't be made a priority? No, I think it should be made a priority. I think the Bills need to invest in their offensive line, and that's kind of where I'm thinking of with that number 30 overall pick. I'm leaning towards right tackle because I think Daryl Williams priced himself out of Buffalo. Uh, so if they can get that first round right tackle to step right in, draft another guard somewhere in the middle, re-sign John Feliciano, who clearly wants to be back based on his conversation with Tim Graham on the Tim Graham and Friends podcast. He clearly wants to be back and is willing to take a hometown discount to do it. Um, you know, get him back uh, just solidify all of those positions. Get Cody Ford back healthy. Um, I think you have a nice starting five and then get draft a guy in the mid-rounds to maybe play a guard down the line. And you know, they'll, uh, they'll definitely sign a free agent here or there because Brandon Bean does not like to go into the draft with holes. And so I think that's where I would prioritize it, not necessarily at running back, but at the offensive line. And that's how they can improve both the run game and uh, keep Josh Allen upright in the passing game. Joe continues to go on here. Uh, Kansas City had a great offense and got Edwards Hilaire. Should we follow suit and get Atane or Najee Harris? After all, one of our goals is to be able to compete with Kansas City. Yeah, but the, the Chiefs weren't spending draft picks every single year on running backs. They spent a first-round pick on a running back, sure. But they had a sixth-round running back in 2019, and the last running back they took before that was Kareem Hunt in 2017, and he wasn't on the roster when they took those other running backs that we just talked about because he was released. So I'm all for the Bills adding you know, another tight end or even a late-round running back. I don't think they'll add a wide receiver um, in the first round or the first couple rounds this year, but... I mean, once the third round hits, I wouldn't be surprised with any position, but they've spent a lot of draft picks on running backs over the last two years, so it would kind of surprise me if they did it again in 2021. Thanks for your multitude of questions over at buffalorumblings at SBNation.com in our email inbox. One programming note uh, before we get going today, we will be doing a live show coming up in two weeks 
on March 16th. Uh, you can go subscribe over on our YouTube page. Uh, we'll uh, be going live over there uh, to kind of kick off NFL free agency. We'll have live shows on the 15th, 16th, and 17th. My show is going to be filmed live on March 16th at 9 p.m. The rest of the guys will be filling in with some other shows, so you can check all of our shows out over on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube page. Just navigate on over to youtube.com and search for Buffalo Rumblings, and we'll be taking your questions there live uh, March 16th, or I will be on March 16th, and we'll be doing it all week that week, um, in addition to releasing uh, probably multiple podcasts as the Bills agree to terms with free agents and take care of business, like releasing guys potentially or restructuring contracts. So make sure you go over to youtube.com and search for Buffalo rumblings and you can get all of our new content that we're going to be posting over there that's going to be where we're expanding this off season we brought on joe miller uh who started his overreaction podcast on our network this week uh, he's going to be doing some youtube stuff for us uh, jay spence the king is going to be returning now that uh you know the off season's picking up uh bruce nolan is doing things on the locker room app and going to be doing some stuff over on the rest of the podcast network and youtube as well so there's just a lot of stuff going on with the buffalo rumblings alternative media on uh video podcast all that for our show you can leave your questions at 716-508-0405 tweet us at rumblings q a email facebook instagram at the buffalo rumblings official accounts go bills Thank you.